Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Recently, Allies for Health and Wellbeing, which uh, provides services to the LGBTQIA community and its allies, nominated 12 people in the Pittsburgh area as champions, uh, bright young people, they call them, uh, who are making a difference uh, throughout the Pittsburgh community. One of them is from right here in our backyard. It's the Reverend Michael Airgood. He is the pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church in Clareton and Glassport United Methodist Church. Uh, Good morning, and thanks for uh, stopping in to talk with us. Oh, thank you much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Who, who, how did you get connected with Allies for Health and Wellbeing, and, and, and who nominated you to be one of these uh, award winners this year? I was nominated by a colleague and a friend, Maddie Nagel. She leads our Clareton Cares Initiative. So I was part of the uh, founding group that helped establish Clareton Cares. I'm now part of the Wisdom Leadership Council, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a a, a great group of folks who kind of just have a pulse on the community and what's going on. And I've been so honored to be part of that group. Uh, But Maddie and I co-lead during the summers a group of interns. And so it's through a federal work-study program and we teach them about community, community development. We walk them through what's happening in our community, what the role of a citizen is, what it looks like to be engaged, who our elected officials are, how do you communicate with them. And they work in different businesses, nonprofits, uh, community groups all throughout the city. And so we've done that for a number of years. It's been so much fun partnering with her. And she nominated me. Uh, it was, uh, it was a, a fun surprise when uh, I was uh, chosen by Allies for Health and Wellbeing. I wasn't expecting that. I was really yeah. just very honored that I had been nominated. I know they always kind of say that. It's an know, honor jokingly. just to be – they always say that at the Oscars, right? <laughs> it was an honor to be nominated. Uh, but it was. It was a surprise. And uh, it, it felt uh, quite lovely uh, to have that recognition. I, tell us, first of all, uh, what Clareton Cares is. I have some familiarity with it uh, through the Mod Valley Initiative, but uh, tell folks uh, out there what Clareton Cares is and what it's doing. So Clareton Cares started as a nonprofit working to bring together all the nonprofit work happening in Clareton. Everyone was doing their own little thing and nothing was really centralized. So we started uh, really with uh, Cynthia Moore, who just passed away Last week, she was an incredible community leader. She uh, led a lot of the work at the Greater Pittsburgh Food Pantry. Uh, Just an incredible leader for justice in our community. She passed away very young, just at 60. Um, A huge loss. Uh, And then after uh, after her leadership, Maddie, uh, we brought Maddie on. Uh, And so we have – that work has moved and shifted. We're under the umbrella of Mon Valley Initiative. It's been a a great partnership. We work in a couple different spheres with 
youth and with health and with housing. Of course, Mon Valley Initiative did an incredible project in Clareton, uh, demolishing really almost an entire city block of blight and building 49 beautiful apartments, six storefronts. The library will be there. Uh, and so Maddie has, uh, with the Clareton Cares Initiative, has spearheaded a lot of that, uh, helped guide and direct that, uh, all of those different efforts, coordinating all the different care and social work that happens in our community. We're talking this morning uh, with the Reverend Michael Airgood. He is pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church in Clareton and Glassport United Methodist Church. He was named uh, this year, actually just a couple of weeks ago, by Allies for Health and Wellbeing as one of 12 bright young people who are making a difference in the Pittsburgh community. He was honored uh, at a dinner along with the other award winners on May 26. We're talking about his work in Clareton, and we're going to get to Glassport here in, in a in a minute or two. And also, I'm going to ask you um, how you came to be connected with Allies for, for uh, Health and Wellbeing, who've actually been a, a sponsor of uh, some of the work we do here at Tube City Online for a long time. I should go ahead and, and mention that as well. Are you originally from the, the, the Mon Valley area, or where did you grow up at? Uh, no, I'm actually uh, from a small mountain town up near the Allegheny National Forest. I'm from Kane, Pennsylvania. We were just in Kane in September, so yeah. sure. Uh, if you ever get a yeah. chance to see uh, the Kinzu Bridge, yeah. it's really spectacular. Yeah, beautiful, a beautiful area up there. What brought you down to Pittsburgh? Uh, well, I'm a United Methodist pastor, uh-huh. and so in our system, the bishop appoints us. And uh, uh, before I was here, I had been working and serving in Ukraine. I worked with uh, a student ministry that was interconfessional. It was Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant all together, and just an incredible space. I, I don't know if this is uh, if this is coincidence or not, but you do have blue and yellow sunflowers on your shirt I, today. I do. I wear a lot of Ukrainian colors okay. this war. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. Um, so I was uh, I was appointed to Clareton, and I came right from Ukraine to Clareton. I had my two suitcases. And the church folk donated uh, old furniture to fill, a, fill up the parsonage. So I, uh, I came to Clareton because I was sent here. Uh, that's okay. how our system works. You were, you were I, called just as, uh, go, go where I send thee. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I actually really love that system. I, uh-huh. I think there's something beautiful in that. It, 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 I have so many questions I want to ask you, and this really, I, I'm, I'm going in a thousand different directions. Michael Airgood is our guest. If, if people want more information about the two churches you pastor, uh, how would they get in touch with either the, the Pine Run Church in Clareton or the Glassport United Methodist Church? What's the best way? Sure. So... Uh, uh, we worship on Sunday mornings uh, in Glassport at 945 and at Pine Run in the Wilson section of Clareton at 11 o'clock. Okay. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, an email to the church office, pinerunchurch at gmail.com okay. is always the best way uh, uh, to make sure to get a response. Um, and uh, so I, I really have the privilege of serving lovely communities and uh, good folks I know here in McKeesport, they have what they call a shared campus ministry. I believe there were five or seven different Methodist churches just in the city of McKeesport, and they are all have a shared campus under uh, senior pastor Bill Makins. Do you have shared governance with your churches in Clareton and, and Glassport, or are you just the pastor called to both of them? Uh, I'm the pastor called uh-huh. to both of them, and we have, you know, we try and do things together. We have some groups. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful. Uh, in the United Methodist Church, while our, our pastors are totally committed to going wherever we're sent. Uh, our bishops don't have, like, authority over our churches. Yeah. And so, whereas in the Catholics, where churches were told how they'd be merged sure. together, 
uh, in our system, churches make their own decisions. Okay. Um, right now, we're going through a seismic shift in the United Methodist Church. We're having disaffiliations. Yeah. Churches are leaving. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, I think uh, while the work that I do in Clareton, the summer intern programs, uh, all of that is part of why I uh, received this honor. Yeah. I think that ultimately it's the fact that I uh, have been allowed to live into my call as an out queer person. Okay. Uh, in this region, we're pretty conservative. Yeah. And so we have a out lesbian bishop, out gay bishop, out yeah. west. Uh, but here... Most of the pastors who've come out have immediately been fired. Sure. Uh, so I'm the first United Methodist pastor in Western Pennsylvania to be allowed to serve openly. In the conference? In our conference. Wow. Uh, that, I, that I'm aware of. You know, uh, I know a lot of folks who came out and were immediately uh, let go yeah. in the past. Uh, so I really feel, uh, you know, that I had the great privilege of being able to tell my own story, come out on my own terms. Yeah. Uh, the folks before me usually were outed traumatically yeah. or something. Uh, and, and I had the great privilege that the bishop and our uh, various committees have decided to allow me to continue on. Well, I, I want to explore that some more uh, because I, I think that's um, fascinating. And that is a split. I'm Episcopalian and we went through the same thing uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, the Reverend Michael Airgood is our guest this morning. He's pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church in Clareton and Glassport United Methodist Church. Before we take the break, though, uh, we've had an economist on this program by the name of Chris Bream, who has been studying Ukrainians in the Pittsburgh area, of which there are a lot. You came, as you mentioned, directly from Ukraine to Clareton. Uh, I was wondering what type of culture shock there was, but also what types of cultural similarities you may have noticed. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had incredible culture shock, uh, e even just the way that Ukrainians build sentences is totally different. And when I first came back, like, and I still sometimes if I'm tired, like I just came across being very blunt. Uh, just people were like, you know, please calm down. <laughs> it's like, I'm not like, um, Americans do are much more blunt than Europeans in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, you know, when you change the word order and you just kind of say things in a very direct way. Um, so, uh, there was huge cultural shock. I had been working in Ukraine for four years, and my term with our uh, Methodist board had, had expired, and I'd had a great time, and uh, we had actually transitioned all of our ministries to local leadership. And, okay. You know, uh, in post-colonial ethical mission, like, the goal is always to hand off to the local folks yeah, what's going sure. on. And um, so I was thrilled to be part of that process. I, um, so I, they retired me. Were you uh, in Kiev or where? I was in Lviv. Lviv, okay. Uh, all, the way in, in, uh, all the way in the West. Yeah. Uh, and so I was scheduled to leave. I had my flight, and I ended up leaving... Um, just right around the time that Russia occupied Crimea. Oh, boy. And so uh, it was uh, just a time of incredible turmoil and unease. Uh, I was there during the revolution. And so to, to move from that frenetic activity and everything just into normal parish life yeah. Sunday morning, uh, it was a huge shock. I started school right away. I got sick with meningitis oh, gosh. a few weeks after returning home. Uh, there was a there was a huge transition, and I think that that is 
part of what this wonderful call system (laughs) allows is that, you know, you build all of these different experiences. You get to live so many different ways. And we talk about call. And, Uh you know, I think people have this idea, especially with religious folk, that, you know, you have this innate sense, you hear this booming voice. You're knocked off your horse on the road to Damascus. (laughs) And And it really feels like, you know... We're called to so many things, yeah. and every time you pass someone in need, you feel that call, like, well, I, you know, I wish I could do something, and eventually you answer that, and you say, well, there is something I could do, and, and I feel like, um, you know, when we talk about call, especially with young people, uh-huh. like, yeah, follow your heart, find where your passions line up with the needs of the world, and, you know, for religious folks, find where God, yeah. <laughs> where that lines up with what God is doing around you and where God is putting passion in your heart for things. Let's pause right there and pick it up after the break. Uh, we're, our guest this morning is the Reverend Michael Ergood. He's pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church in Clareton and Glassport United Methodist Church. This past month, he was named one of Pittsburgh's 12 bright young people by Allies for Health and Wellbeing. You can find out more about all of the folks who were honored by going to allyspgh.org. And you're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or... Or call 412-678-6191. When we took the break, you were talking about uh, the process of the call, and and that's often something that people in the ministry um, uh, say that they felt a a calling. Um, You grew up, you said, in in Kane, Pennsylvania, very rural northern Pennsylvania, not too far from the New York border. Did Did you grow up, first of all, I guess, did you grow up Methodist? And I mean, did you hear the call while you were a kid in Kane, or or when, when did this happen for you? So I did grow up United Methodist. Yeah. My mom was a church organist. Okay. And actually in the disaffiliations, the church where I grew up is leaving. Oh, okay. And when they took that first vote, my mom uh, immediately uh, called a church that was hiring, looking yeah. for an organist, and found a new job at another United Methodist church. And she had served at that organ bench since she was 13 years old, uh, 54 years. And that was such a, uh, just a tremendous act of sacrifice and, and love. And so I did. I grew up United Methodist uh, from from the cradle, as we say. Yeah. Uh, but I was very fortunate that I grew up in a family and uh, a space where I was encouraged to explore and to look around. Uh, one of the things I love, um, you know, in the church we do confirmation. And for so many folks, that has been this season of, like, you have to drill our beliefs into. And, uh, you know, now we treat confirmation really as a chance to encourage young folks to ask the big questions in a safe space. Okay. And it's not, you know, when will you join the church, but is this really something you want to be part of? And, you know, sure. when the church was the social place and churches were booming, you really had this idea of, like, well, you have to join one of the churches we're in a different space now. We're in a different time. And the question is, like, why would you join this if you didn't believe these things? Why would you want to be part of something on paper that doesn't quite align with what you believe? So 
I'm a queer United Methodist pastor right now. Our denomination doesn't allow that. Uh, but I see in our history that we have the capacity to change. So oftentimes, like, our call really uh, demands of us that we step up, that we make a little bit of space, that we challenge some of the systems that are in place. Uh, l- let me ask a, a question that is way bigger than you or I or, you know, if, if we had the answer to this, you know, we could sell it to the National Council of Churches and, and they'd be really excited. The fastest growing population when people are asked their religious affiliation by the Pew Charitable Trusts or whomever, the fastest growing affiliation is none, right? I, I am running into, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, but I'm running into a lot of people in, in my cadre and younger who have never set foot in a church. They did not grow up, their parents did not go to church, they have not grown up going to church. And it's very funny for me as someone who always grew up around the church that they don't know when to sit to stand, they don't know what hymnal to use. And, and it can be very confusing. It's like walking into to a, a comic book convention or something and everybody's dressed up as their favorite comic book and you have no idea what's going on or, or coming into a movie in the middle of the movie and have no idea who the characters are. Uh, how how are you reaching people who, like I said, if we had the answer to this, we could sell it. How, how are you reaching people for, for whom they, they have no connection to organized, they may be spiritual, but they have no connection to organized religion? So I did a couple of baptisms at the Glassport Church, and so as a family with a, a baby and a teenager. And so as I was talking through things, we figured out that the teenager had kind of understood that maybe... Like, every baptism he'd seen had been a baby being held, and he thought maybe he would also need to be held. And so we took this delightful picture of me holding, you know, this teenager, like a baby. And so I was telling this to a friend, and my uh, Gen Z friend said, well, I really thought that, like, the idea was that the priest was trying to drown the baby. (laughs) And that if it was a... And so it's... uh, it's teaching what we believe, but it's also teaching, like, this is not who we are. Yeah. And for me, this is the hardest part. You know, I am a historian of church history. So I can explain all the backstory of all the different splits, the denominations, yeah. where we came from, what we believe different. But if you are a, a nun, if you're a, a person who's never been part of a church... Nun, N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I would hope the N-U-Ns all understand what church is. We, we think all of the, yeah. the nuns, N-U-Ns, would, would, yeah. would know. Yeah. Uh, if you're someone who's never been part of a, a worshiping congregation, all these buildings look the same to you. Sure. And why would you step into any of them over any of the others? And so we have had this movement where churches don't want to define what they believe, want to say, like, oh, we're for everyone, but they hold really strong beliefs. Yeah. We have bait-and-switch churches, big mega churches that all are welcome. And when something like the disaffiliation comes up, when a queer person wants to serve, yeah. oh, no, we actually hold fundamentalist beliefs. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's important. I wish that people could understand the difference. I wish there was a way someone could say, here are the ten crazy things I believe, ten weird things I believe, and here are the things that I like. What church should I go to? <laughs> Because yeah. I could tell most people where they should land. They need a quiz. The BuzzFeed and all these things have <laughs> quizzes. They need one for, quiz. you know, am I Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Methodist? What am I? Uh, Ma- Michael Ergood is pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church in Clareton and Glassport United Methodist Church. He was recently named by Allies for Health and Wellbeing, one of the 12 bright young people in uh, the Pittsburgh community who are making a difference. He's originally from Kane, PA. College, seminary, uh, uh, what, what was your career path then into ministry? 
Uh, so I went to college, and then I where did, where did you go? Is what I'm asking. Uh, so I went to Jacoa Falls okay. College. I uh-huh. went to a Bible school yeah, yeah, down yeah. in the uh, North Georgia mountains. Uh-huh. And you know, I made the best friends there. Yeah. I love folks there, but how they ha- they hold some really strong beliefs. Yeah, sure. Uh, they are very clear that some folks are welcome and some folks are not welcome. Uh, and so. Uh, so I did that. I worked uh, overseas. I served with the Methodist Church uh, in Ukraine. And then I came back and I did uh, my divinity school, my seminary at Methodist Theological School in Ohio. Okay. Uh, and I had a fantastic time. It was such a privilege to spend those three years. I, I drove back and forth one day a week, uh, seven hours yeah. <laughs> every week. Um, but it was such a privilege to spend that time just really digging in. And I'm so thankful they let me explore the curiosities that were interesting to me, mission history and what we did right and what we got so wrong. And, and I think standing in that place, looking back on history, you just keep thinking, how did they get this so wrong? How did mm. they keep supporting slavery? How did they yeah. do this? And I look around at the history we're in, the space, the time that we're in as the church, what you would have done when slavery was happening is what you're doing now. Yeah. We still face issues. And how you uh, approach the words of Jesus, whether you see them as liberating good news of justice or whether you see them as rules to live by that hold us where we are, um, there, there are churches that fit you and what you believe. Uh, so I'm really thankful the churches I serve at Glassport and Pine Run and Clareton I think that they're starting to live into who they are, that it's not a church for perfect people, that we're not the best and the most educated, we're not the the high society, top hat kind of folks, Mm -hmm. that we are blue collar, we're working people, and and we are... Uh, people who care deeply about our neighbors. Yeah. And we want our neighbors, whether they uh, look like us, act like us, to know that they are loved and welcomed and affirmed as they are. Let me, we're talking with uh, the Reverend Michael Airgood, he's pastor. Uh, Pine Run is in Clareton. Their services on Sundays are, you said, at 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. And services at Glassport United Methodist. 9.45. 9.45. And you said there's also a small service on Tuesday afternoons in Glassport at the, at the Senior Center? At the Glassport Retirement Residence. Oh, okay. That's the mm-hmm. former school, the old yeah, Glassport Elementary school. school. Pastor Airgood's also involved in the Clareton Cares Initiative. We were talking about that at the beginning of the half hour. Let me, since we are in Pride Month, and since you did broach the subject, let me confront a couple of the elephants we have in the room. One of which is, if you talk to any lesbian, gay, trans, bi, queer, or even someone who was just perceived as, um, right, uh, about their experiences with organized religion, you hear some horror stories what do you what's your response to them what's how do you how do you help them like start the healing process so when i talk with young people i have one thing and i talk with young people about that when i talk with my churches the conversation's a lot harder okay uh because as churches we need to acknowledge oh we did this you know, my churches love me, and, you know, it was a surprise and a shock when I came out. 
it was an adjustment. There were people who left. That hurt. When did you did you come out when you were back in Kane or when you were in Ukraine or when? Uh, so <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, okay. Uh, every, so, every day, probably yeah, to somebody. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sure. I started coming out to friends in college, uh, family and friends when I was in Ukraine, um, and then I really uh, in Ukraine it really wasn't safe to come out. Okay. I really was ready. Uh, when I came back to the States, of course, the Methodist Church is in this whole turmoil. And so I waited a long time. Uh, and I, I was in a wonderful relationship with a wonderful man. And I really felt like, okay, I, I don't want to do this in secret, pretending. Uh, but more than that, I didn't want the young folks in my church. And we had a couple who were out and queer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't want them to think, you know, if God forbid I ever was outed against my will, no. that this was something that I was terribly ashamed of no. or that I should be ashamed of. No. Uh, and so it was really important to me. So I, I came out uh, professionally to the bishop and the cabinet. Uh, I think I was 30, um, so about six years ago. Um, and of course, like, it was very much don't ask, don't tell in the yeah. churches. Like, a lot of folks pulled me aside and let me know that they knew. Some folks kind of awkwardly asked. Uh, it was a different conversation with every person. Uh, a lot of don't ask, don't tell, yeah. head nod kind of things. I, I had a renter, and he was legitimately my roommate. And everyone kind of did the wink, you know, for six years. It's like, no, he's, he's really He's renting. Roommate. He's really <laughs> like, actually he's renting. Really, I promise. Um, but, uh, so I've been so thankful in this season that I have been allowed to be open and authentic and to be myself. Uh, so I'm actually preaching this Sunday at four. I don't know the timeline. Okay. Uh, at Swickley United Methodist Church, they're having a special pride service. Okay. And I'll be preaching there. So, so if people are listening folks. to this, uh, this morning, uh, on the, um, I'm going to have to look at the calendar here, on the 4th of June, uh, they can see you at 4 o'clock today uh, at Swickley United Methodist. I, I know when other denominations, as I mentioned, the Episcopal uh, Church went through this several years ago, um, have gone through these kinds of splits. It has really left individual congregations divided. In some cases, you know, people left the church they grew up in and, and went to a new church or a splinter church or a church in the next town over. And, and families have been divided. Friendships have been divided. How are your congregations in Clareton and Glassport, how are they navigating this idea of a split? So I think my congregations, out of respect and love for me, uh, kind of took a default. <laughs> We're not, not going to have really uh, these, yeah. these kinds of conversations around leaving uh, Pine Run especially has had a, a reputation in the community. I mean, in the 50s, they had an out queer pianist. Yeah. They had, you know, lesbian and gay couples. Uh, so they didn't really have, like, hard conversations around that. I, uh, in, in our denomination, in, in our conference, we have lighthouse congregations where folks yeah. have been trained to mm -hmm. receive members who've been hurt by this process of disaffiliation. Uh, and, and my churches didn't um, didn't do those trainings, aren't part of that lighthouse, uh, because the churches around us, not so many of them left. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and, and, and there wasn't so much of a need. But I do think both churches would fit that bill. Yeah. That there are places where, no matter where you are on the spectrum, neither church is progressive. Yeah. <laughs> no matter where you are, we've got folks left and right and center. Yeah. And we really do make it work. And, you know, I have folks that if they'd been told 10 years ago I was going to be their pastor, what their gut reaction would have been to where they are now. Yeah. Where, well, this is someone I love and I trust and 
uh, is my pastor, uh, you know, it, it, it's really the way that the spirit works in us, that when we come in contact, we understand a little bit better. But I, I have found uh, just this uh, relentless uh, belief that mm-hmm. all people are of sacred worth. And they live this out, and, you know, there are Sundays when we have had folks with a PhD and folks without a home yeah. sitting in the same pew. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what the church is. Uh, that's what we are called to be. And I, you know, I'm really thankful and honored to be named as a bright young person. And I, uh, but I, I feel honored every every week. You know, I get to lead incredible saints, people who are just phenomenal and have done incredible things and uh, I get to be their spiritual leader in some way. The Reverend Michael Airgood is pastor of Pine Run United Methodist Church and Glassport United Methodist Church. If you are hearing this on Sunday, June 4th, he will be speaking this afternoon at four o'clock at the Swickley United Methodist Church north of Pittsburgh. Uh, Last month he was named by Allies for Health and Well-Being as one of Pittsburgh's 12 bright young people who are making a difference in the region. Thank you so much, Pastor, for coming in to talk with us. Thank you very much. It was wonderful being here with you. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.